Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home ESPN Radio for Western Montana, KKVU HD3 Stevensville, and 102.9 FM on K275BS Missoula. SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. You want to check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest? Go check out Northwest Motorsport. They're new to Montana, new to Missoula. You can find them at the corner of Stevens and Mount here in the Garden City, or you can find that entire inventory of trucks online at nwmsrocks.com. You missed anything in the first hour of the show? Fun first hour. Heavy on the preps. Because uh, we're trying to give you all the best in coverage with state championship week approaching both the state championship at the collegiate level for the Bobcats and the Grizzlies and the state championship at the high school level as well. We heard from Taco Dowler, future Montana State Bobcat and current Billings West star previewing the Class AA game. We also heard from Bryce Carver, former Grizz wide receiver and the head coach of the Hamilton Bronx who take on Laurel in the Class A championship game. Tease for later on the week, Dane Oliver... Head coach from Missoula Sentinel, former Grizz, will join us. We'll also hear from Rob Stanton, head coach for Billings West. And to probably have some more high school coverage for you as well. You can find everything in today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast. Proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. Happy now to be joined in studio with one of my good friends and an all-time great Grizz. It's Dylan McFarland. It's our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward, Sports and Outdoors. Hunting season's in full flight. Skiing season's fast approaching. Bob Wards has all sorts of 
goods for you, no matter if you're in the mood for some mittens or you need a new coat, anything to stay warm during the winter, head on down to Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. What's up, Dylan? How you living, my man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Great week of uh, life right here with football here. Uh, obviously, Sentinel, big game. Uh, Hamilton, big game. Florence, big game. And then the big one on Saturday. So I, uh, You walked in on me when I was doing some stuff when we were playing Bryce Carver's interview. I'm going through right now one of my favorite things we do at Skyline Sports every year, Montana Made, where I highlight all of the guys from both sides of the rivalry. They're from Montana. Just little blurbs about each of them. But I love dissecting it to see which school has more Montana guys, which school has more guys from Class A, AA, which town has the most guys. You are a Kalispell guy. There is, count them up, eight guys from Kalispell playing this game. A couple other guys, two from the Polson, or excuse me, the Flathead area. Got a Polson guy, got two Whitefish guys. But there's not one guy from Kalispell Flathead. That's crazy to me, man. You're a brave. This is weird. You know, it, they're down a little bit right now. But they're they are. around. Um, I like the coach we have there right now. He's working hard. Those guys are working hard up there. Uh, obviously, Brock put a lot of money into a weight room up there, and uh, and they'll get there. They got some kids coming. For sure. And it, it does ebb and flow. All you can really ask is do, if your kids play hard. And Alex Cummings, who's a Missoula Big Sky alum, and a guy who I grew up with, he played with my brother growing up. He's the head coach now there at Flathead, and he's, he's going to do a good job. He had his kids playing hard. They took their lumps during the season. But uh, – should be good for the Braves. When it turns to this week of the year, how are you feeling? I know it's been a while since you actually were a player, but I know you're a guy that's really engaged in this stuff still. So does this harken uh, old memories for you when it is the uh, the Bobcat week for the Grizzlies? Yeah, for sure. You know, you start talking to friends. You start getting text messages immediately after the game on Saturday. Uh, Cat week and everything from there, which you can't see on the radio. But, uh, you know, guys are excited. Um it's a way that people connect. It's a way that the state connects, whether you are had played in the game, had gone to the school, or just living here now. Like, people can relate to the the, uh, the gravity of this case, or this uh, game and the importance of it. And, and it's fun. You know, I mean, they're, within their, people's offices, I know my own office, um, around town, it doesn't matter where you're at, um, everyone knows what, what week it is. You... And your time when you were playing for the Grizzlies, sort of part of a, a unique time span because when you started your career and you in your first uh, making waves individually, you were part of some phenomenal and unforgettable teams. And by the way, we've been marching through our Grizz Greats 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champion Podcast Series. Dylan and I had an episode earlier, but we've also featured former head coach Joe Glenn, guys like Atu Molden and Johansi Humphrey, John Casper, who's now an administrator at the Big Sky Conference, who was a, a journalist here in Missoula for the Missoulian. So you can check that out. But you were on that 2001 National Championship team, but then you were also on the team that w- was part of the streak ending. And so you had sort of both sides of the perspective as a player. So uh, what do you remember just about that time? Because you had a really high, high in 2001, but then when the streak ended, probably a, a low for you guys. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it even starts before that. You know, when you're getting recruited and trying to decide where to go, um, back in 1998, the Cavs were pretty good. We came down here to Missoula, got recruited, had uh, Joel Robinson and myself uh, come to the game and, and, you know, watch the game and the Grizz win and you see the atmosphere. And then, you know, after that, it's kind of a no-brainer. You go to the Grizz. Next two years, you know, my freshman year, Cats are defeated the entire year. 0-11. That's right. 11. Mike Kramer's yep. first year. Yep. Yep. And, and there's um, 
there's no doubt that the Grizz wanted to put and we wanted to put a stamp on 0-11, and that was important. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, you know, the next year you get into a pretty good game down in Bozeman, but you can see them start coming along with Coach Kramer. Um, and then, shoot, you know, our, our junior year, at some point in time, you know in the back of your mind that the streak has to end and you don't want it to end on your watch, and that was kind of where we got to. And that's just, you know, it, it was a heck of a game. It was 10-7. It was snowing. It was cold. Uh, guys were banged up on both sides. Um, and it was, it was a great football game if you watched the football game. Um, but it was uh, one they came out on top on. And, you know, shoot, that was that was a tough one to lose. I mean, I, I, mean, I can remember that one more than, um, shoot, probably more than winning a national championship just because I know what it means to the people of the state of Montana as a whole. Um, and, uh, you know, the next year we go down to – to Bozeman again and, and get beat again. So you've lost two in a row now, and and uh, that's the way I ended my career. So two and two, and um, yeah, it brings out a lot of emotions, and especially this week. You know, it's just it's a it's a different time of year, and it, it's a different game for sure. Well, I know that you're always. I mean, you got Grizz in your blood, so you're always going to be on the Grizz side of this things, of course, and you're always going to passionately root on the Grizz. But objectively, it's from a sports fan perspective. It's better when there's a little bit more of a rivalry, right? Because there was a moment in time where there was not really a rivalry. Montana was just owning this thing. Right, absolutely. I mean, for the state of Montana uh, and for the athletes in Montana, high school athletes especially, it it is best when it's competitive. And it's fun when it's competitive. For sure. You're going to a weekend like this weekend, and you're going, we have two great teams. Absolutely. We have two teams that you look down the road and say, it wouldn't shock me if they were playing for the chipper. I mean, they're they're that good, or at least in the semifinals. I mean, they're, they're that good of teams. And you can't tell me that's not good for Montana, the state as a whole, uh, for the, the kids, like I said, coming out of high school as a whole, uh, and for these communities. You know, it's, it's an awesome experience, and it, it's it's a good thing for Montana. It's absolutely a great thing. And I also think that you know, we've been hoping for this moment that we have right now where it's, it's only happened a couple times in the last 20-something years where actually the result of the game – isn't that impactful on the national level. What I mean is both these teams are going to the playoffs. It's going to be very impactful in terms of who gets what seed, who gets a bye. I do think that there is a scenario, depending on what happens in the rest of the country, where if Montana was to win, but other things happen, that both the teams could still get seeds. But I do think absolutely that the winner of this game is going to get a seed. So we talk about national ramifications. I think it's actually tremendous for the league and the state and everybody involved when you know that a passion and effort is going to get you there, but also if you do stub your toe, it's a quality loss because you're losing to another top five team, right? Right, for sure. I mean, and, and you watch these teams play, and, and you talk about quality teams. Like, both teams on defense can fly around. Man. And, uh, you know, things have changed since I was playing where, you know, you didn't really see the Cats play throughout the year. The other teams play throughout the year. You'd see right. now and again. Right. right now. I mean, shoot, I turn on ESPN Plus and I can watch whatever All game I time. want to. And you crank that one up and you're like, those guys are real. The craziest part, yeah. too, is the very kickoff times, too. This last Saturday was the first time they both kicked off at the same time. I yep. remember growing up, it was the same time always. You had to choose which game you're going to watch because they're on at the same time. Half the time they weren't even on TV. But now yep. you can stagger it out. I mean, I've watched whenever I'm at a game, I'm watching the other one first whenever it's playing out. So that's an interesting addition as well. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, there's tons of talent running on that field, so it'll be fun. Do you remember, Dylan McFarland, by the way, former Grizz offensive lineman, former Buffalo Bills offensive lineman, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here in studio. It's our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. Do you remember any specifics from 
from Bobcat Grizzly games uh, when you were playing? Do you, you have know, any rivalries on the Bobcats? Was there any guys that were like thorns on your side? You know, I, I do remember Adam Cordero just because he's he, a great player, great player out of Boulder, Montana, and and he and I knew each other. We were the same age. Um, I would I would call it a very respectful rivalry. He mm-hmm. was a heck of an athlete, strong kid, talented defensive end. We went up against each other a lot. And so that was always something I look forward to. You, you know? get to know some of these guys, too, because I mean, I'm assuming you played in the Shrine game, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because so that's kind of like the last reunion then. And, you know, you got these guys on this. You might be playing against your former, your future teammates or with your future opponents. So right. you kind of get to know these guys like that, too, even, right? Even back then, we had the Mondak game. Sure. So it, was, it wasn't just sides of the state. It was Montana, period, against you know the Dakotas. And, and so you get to know these guys really well, you know. And, and so then they... It, it was split about 50-50 on who was going where from that Mondak game. And, and you know, um, like Coach said earlier, uh, you, you know these guys, there's, there's friends on the other side, and, and uh, it's, it's just a different dynamic. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, once you kind of take off from that Shrine game, it's, you're going to be head-to-head after that because there's not a lot of switching back and forth. No question. Is there a specific, any specific plays or, or moments that you remember? Yeah, for sure. Games? I mean, obviously, the 2001 game was a lot of fun. Uh, for me, that was – so that was the first game I actually got to play in. I, as a freshman, I had I broke my foot, so I didn't get to play or ankle. And uh, but the 2001 game in Bozeman, ton of fun. I, I mean, I remember just coming out on the field and seeing friends in the stands on the Bozeman side yelling at me and you know shirts off and painted up. And I was like, what's going <laughs> yes. on here? I mean, two years ago we were in high school together, and now you're out here, um, <laughs> you know. And it, it, it was fun. But it's you know, there's specific plays you remember. Um, I remember plays, frankly, I remember more plays that I didn't make than plays that I made. You know, I mean, you, you always remember uh, the things, you, for me, the things you, you, you screwed up or didn't quite do right. And, I mean, just a couple of blocks here and there, especially in that uh, 2003 game where you just go, oh, man, we're one play away, two plays away. And, and, and that's what this game's all about. You know, you miss a couple of those, and, and it goes the other way. How did Coach Glenn approach this? Because I always think that the way that each head coach approaches these games – is very interesting. I, last last Cackers game, if you're watching on TV, you see the print I have here of Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate shaking hands. And after this 48-14 victory by the Bobcats in Bozeman, Bobby Houck made some interesting comments. He talked about sort of the vitriol that exists in the rivalry, how it's maybe gotten a little bit out of hand. I do agree with him on that element. I also think it's ironic, though, because he's contributed to that element <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you know, Bobby and his whole, I wish the cor- the game was five quarters long so we could kick their bleeps some more. I mean, that's a comment that's probably never going to stop being played around the state, but regardless, there's always the spin of, who does this game matter more to? I think it's sort of silly, because it should just matter the same to both sides, but how do you remember the way that Coach Glenn prepared you guys? Was it a downplaying of it? Was it an upsell? How did he do it? There is no coach, I guarantee, on either side that has to sell this game at all. Right. Period. I mean, (laughs) you you come off that field. I I remember vividly every time I'd come off the field and the week before, and everyone says, oh, don't look. No one's looking the next week. No one's looking next week. The Bobcat game for us. You look forward to that from winter conditioning. So don't tell me people don't look 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 ahead. Especially when you're from Montana, right? Right, exactly. And I, I guarantee the same way on the other side. And so you come off that field the week before, and you're going up the tunnel chanting, chanting Cat Week, Cat Week, Cat Week. Right. And people are going nuts because it's just an uh, insane week. So as soon as that you know, clock hit, hit zeros, I guarantee last week, NAU, they're chanting all the way in the locker room, Cat Week, Cat Week, Cat Week. You I mean, you, you saw the – Troy Anderson, one of Montana State's star players, one of the great 
players that come through the state of Montana in the last 20 years. He's very soft-spoken and, and not really a hype guy. He doesn't really like doing the media stuff. But there's a great video right now when he he gets through the, the post-game handshake line after Idaho, and he looks right. He can tell You can tell he knows the videographer's right there. He says the exact same thing. He goes, Griswick, baby, let's go, and he runs off the field. It's so true, man. I think that even though they say they, they would downplay whatever, that's not how it is. But did Coach Glenn, did he bring any, like, historical figures or anything like that to tell you guys about it, or how did he yeah, go about teaching Yeah, for sure. So, so Coach has always brought in players that had played in the past and what, what that game meant to them, what it, you know, different different things that happened in the game, how uh, they were slighted or not slighted, how they won, how they didn't win, you know, things like that. Um, and it's always fun to hear guys speak about their experiences, even going back, a lot, you know, 10, 20, 30 years before you, you know, so, so coaches, even starting at coach Denny, Heath and coach Glenn and coach Houck always had players come in and talk about what that game meant to them, because that's, you know, as a young guy, as a young man, that's, that's something that's, you're going, Hey, 30 years from now, this matters. And no and, question. You know, I mean, there's, there's guys with tattoos, there's guys with, you know, like heartbreaking stories. There's guys that are just pumped. There's guys that are trying to pump you up because it, you know, it's one of those things, once you're done, you're done, you know, and you're living vicariously through whatever's going on in the field. So Every coach kind of had their different deal. I, like I said, no one had to pump anyone up. And and, and I think I, I remember Coach Houck laughing the first time that, you know, he was a, a first-year coach when he played or when he coached here, seeing the, the team come off the field against Eastern Washington just go nuts about the Cat Week and being like, this is – like this, what do we do? Like we don't have to do anything. It's And that week of practice is amazing. Guys flying around, hitting each other, um, physical – we used to have a rookie bowl, you know, so if you were a freshman, you played a straight game in front of everyone, and it was, you know, 100% out. So, um, you know, it's just it's, a, it's an amazing week. It's just it's just different, and if you have never been in that locker, and, I mean, shoot, it's different at work, for, you know, for people going to work. That's like, right. Like, it's it's different, you know, and it, it's different if you're going to practice. It's different if you're coaching. It's different if you're, like I said, I don't, I don't care what your job is. You're, you know, be, in any meeting I've had this week, the first five minutes is, how's the game going to go? That's Let's exactly right. It, That's know? exactly so, right. So don't tell me it's not different. That's exactly right. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many texts I've got. What's going to happen? What's the prediction? I already said it multiple times on the show this week, but I'm not giving a prediction. It's, I don't do public predictions when it comes to this game. I'll give you all of the ins and outs of the matchups, but no predictions. Dylan McFarland joining me. Colter Nuanas in studio. Nuanas now. It's our Grizz star of the week here on ESPN Radio. The One of the most fascinating parts about this game, to me, Dylan, is the Montana kids that play in it, that play just completely outside of their minds. Like, we've seen some superhuman efforts by guys. Like, guys that are even great players just playing so I mean, Brock Coyle in Bozeman in 2013. I mean, I've, I, I, I wrote a call, but I thought he was the MVP of the Big Sky Conference because of his effort that day. I thought it was that good. You know, 2019 back in Bozeman with the, where this picture's from. Josh Hill, kid from Kalispell for the Cats. I mean, Played just outside of his mind, man. Unbelievable. But, do you, I mean, is the juice that much for the in-state guys? I mean, do you feel like you can even take it to a different level that you can't really attain otherwise? Yeah, and, you know, I'll, I'll actually compare it to, you know, playing in the NFL. There was guys that you did not want to play on Monday Night Football or you did not want to play on Thursday Night Football because they knew the light, bright lights were on, and when they were on, it was happening. You know, I mean, if it's Sunday at 10, 11 a.m., they're just – getting through the motions but you know and there's games that are hard to get up for and at this point in the year everyone's kind of banged up and hurt it does not matter i mean it is bright lights are on everyone knows 
everyone's watching you, whether it's your parents, your, you know, your high school, your high school teachers, kindergarten teachers, you know, everyone is watching you and, and everyone knows that. And so that's, that brings everything up a notch for sure. Well, you mentioned that you got got a healthy respect for guys like Adam Cordero. And I think that that's the other thing I think sometimes gets lost on, on the fans in this is that the reason the competition is so great is there is a healthy respect for the opponent. You might, you're always going to have a thorn in your side for some guys you play against, no matter who, what team you're playing. But by and large, there's not actually a lot of hate amongst the players, right? This is just kind of reserved for the fans and when you're done playing and maybe bragging rights down the line or whatever. But I do think that that's one thing that maybe gets a little out of control. I think the fans go at each other a lot harder than maybe the players hate each other. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that for sure. I, and it's one of those things, like, you got to understand being a college kid, you know, I mean, you go sure. somewhere for, let's go to state, you go to, Big Fork for Fourth of July. Right, you're running to half the Bobcat team. That's there. right. That's you know? right. So that's like right. you've met. You know, that's you right. know each that's other. Right. You know, you know, and and there's you don't read about those guys getting in fights. You don't read about getting in trouble. It's just you know you, you know each other. That's and right. so um, I do think there's a healthy respect there. I I I know for a fact that you know you're you're going to get after them a little harder than you got after someone else on the field. You know, but there is a definite respect there. Um, I mean, I always had respect for the, everyone I played against, but especially. Uh, those guys from Montana because they, they uh, you know, being a Montana kid, that brings something a little extra. There's been ebbs and flows throughout the history of this rivalry pretty consistently. And uh, right now, we're in the ebb or the flow, whichever one you want to call it, in which Montana State has the upper hand. It's been quite some time since that could definitively be said. And it's not quite as definitive as a lot of Bobcat people would like to believe. But... Uh, Bobby Houck's got the Grizz improving. I think this is an enormous game for sort of the the swing of the pendulum, both for in-state recruiting and momentum within the state and momentum throughout the Big Sky Conference as well. But as a former Grizz All-American yourself, this must uh, be stuck in your craw that Montana State's won four years in a row. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, especially that last one. Right. When you got to sit on it for two years. I mean, and, that's a and, long time. And uh, I said this earlier, this is my 16th, this is my 16th cat Grizz as a journalist, and uh, – I think I've been to 21 in a row, and I've seen some lopsided margins, but all the lopsided margins were in favor of the Grizzlies. I've never seen I've seen Bobcats win, but never the Bobcats in a blowout. And that was what was the most uh, striking about what happened in Bozeman 2019. Yeah, and you know, being a fan and, and a guy who watched a lot of football, that was a game where Troy Anderson wasn't playing. So That's right. You're thinking, hey, this is going to be a heck of a game, and then all of a sudden it just gets away from you, and games get away from you. Um, but typically not this one. And so that's a long time for those guys to sit on both sides. You know, and you sit, you're sitting there for two years thinking about that game, that score. Um, you know, obviously the seniors on our team need a win yep. to say they won one time because it's like it's been a long time since a Grizzly player has gone through and not won, and, and that's where we're at right now. So That is, to me, that's one of the, the best storylines in this game is a guy like Jace Lewis has done – Everything and then some at Montana. I mean, he has gone from walk-on from a Class B school to absolutely one of the best players in the country. He's worn number 37 with a tremendous pride and grace. I think taking over that number this year, considering the circumstances, considering he inherited that from his best friend, Jesse Sims, who tragically passed away last spring. Talk about the weight of the world on your shoulders, man. He's done it with so much grace and class. It's been unbelievable. And he's also playing at an All-American level right now. But the one thing that's missing from his resume is a win over the Cats. But then you look at a guy like Troy Anderson. I mean, he's the Paul Bunyan of Montana. He's like this mythical guy who's played every position on the yeah. field. And he 
has an opportunity to ride out from the sunset undefeated against the Grizz. So it's those little things where the legacy-defining moments for some of the guys that this is their last ride, that's, I think, one of the, my favorite storylines in this game. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, as far as Troy Anderson goes, I saw him play as a freshman. I was like, shoot, we got to see this guy for three years. <laughs> right. And here we are five years later, and he's still <laughs> playing. I'm like, just be done, you <laughs> just know? be done, I know. Uh, and, shoot, you know, guys start getting banged up in the cat game last week against Idaho. And I'm like, here's going to be 15 in the backfield again. Here we go. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> right. we're, you know. These flashbacks, and it's just, uh, you know, guys, like you said before, they rise up, they play. I have no doubt those two guys are going to bring everything they got. Um, it's going to be a heck of a game. They're going to be flying around hitting people. And, and those two defenses, like I said, they're both lights out. I mean, they're as good as it gets at, at, at our level, and and uh, it's be fun to watch. Well, uh, the actual matchup itself, I think, is uh, marching toward a slugfest. I think that the... Uh, Vegas over-under might be about 35 on this one. Yeah. I mean, we might be looking at a, I don't know, a 16-12, to 12, a, a 17-14. to 14. I mean, this is going to be touchdowns going to be hard to come by. I mean, these are two of the best defenses that these two teams have had simultaneously in a long time. Absolutely. And, and the defenses may outscore the offenses, frankly. Right. I mean, those guys, like I said, they fly around on both sides. And like I said, 17-14. Wouldn't surprise me, you know, 14-9. Something. I mean, it's just between where the teams are at, offensively banged up a little bit, where those defenses are at, flying around, a little bit of weather, uh, the crowd's going nuts, and, and, you know, you can see some low-scoring game. And I say all that, and next thing you know, it's going to be 52-50. to 50, so. <laughs> That's right. I, the thing is, I don't even know if either of these coaches would even let it get to that point. I think, no, that, they, no. I think that they're both ready for a little <laughs> MMA within Washington yeah. Grizzlies Stadium. We'll ask about these for you. Then, what, what's your take on the Grizz so far this year? Because they, they are—they're such an interesting team because they left so much to be desired in certain elements of the game for about a month of the season. But I also think it's wild because Bobby Houck has been so consistent in in his expectation of excellence, and also I love—I personally think it's so good for Montana and so good for Missoula and so good for the university that Coach Houck settles for nothing less than perfection, excellence, like he always says. If the Grizz are playing, it's a big game. If the Grizz are playing, that other team considers it a rivalry. All that said, because Montana is Montana and Bobby Houck is Bobby Houck, I actually don't think he's getting enough credit. The fact is, they've started 37 different players this year. They've had 19 different lineups. I never in my life thought I would see a Bobby Houck coach team with a freshman quarterback, a freshman running back, and two freshman receivers out there. You know, you play for Coach Houck. He yeah. doesn't want any freshmen anywhere near the field, but he's got 15 freshmen on his two deep. What I'm getting at is that I actually think that Bobby Houck has done an underrated job. I, I would actually think that Bobby Houck is one of the front runners, if not the leader in the clubhouse for Coach of the Year of the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, you know, and, and Bobby's a heck of a coach. you, you got to remember, before he before he left and, and went to a couple different other places, he's winning 9, 10, 11 games a year consistently. I mean, they lost one conference game in four years. That's right. amazing. It's tough. I mean, yeah. it's, it's tough to do, you're right? And so you get back to a situation, you know, I mean, it's never your game plan to have freshman quarterback – Freshman running back, backup freshman running back. Yeah. I mean, I mean the number of freshmen on the field and guys that aren't even. I mean, Junior Bergen was not even starting as a running back. Like that's not where his, his <laughs> right. line wasn't to come in there and be like, now you're the guy. This is a lot for that coaching staff. You know, Justin Green, Coach Howick, obviously, um, and that defense is. You know, they get better and better. The coaches make great adjustments, I think, and they're 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 working hard. It's like you said. I mean. Every year is different, but you never expect like, hey, we'll be starting our four string running back. That's not anywhere in plan A through Z. So you're <laughs> right. you know trying to figure things out and change over on the offensive line and guys bouncing around and um 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's just a different crazy year, and they've done it done a heck of a job. They're competitive every week. Um, they play hard. I mean, that's the thing. As a fan, as as a former player, that you love to see, they always play hard. There's guys flying around. They take care of the ball. They do things right. They don't uh, have stupid penalties. You know, they're they're putting themselves in positions to win, and they're they're always going to be in dogfights. They're not quite to the point yet where it's like, hey, we're dominant. We're going to win forty eight sure. to six every week. So. They're doing a heck of a job. Well, Coach Hawk loves himself a little 31-14. That's like his dream come true. Like 28-7, that's how Coach Hawk likes to win. He, he's, not yeah. into, he's not in it for a 45 to whatever, unless it's 45 nothing. He loves the right. zero on the, uh, the defensive side. Dole McFarland joining me in studio, former Grizz offensive lineman here on Nuanas Now. What's your plan on Saturday? You got any Cat Grizz rituals you got going on? You know, I, I really don't. Actually, this is I'm pretty excited. This is going to be the first week uh, my son's going to go to the game. So nice. Eight-year-old going to be the first Cat Grizz experience. He's pumped. He's going to learn all super, sorts of he's new learn words. All kinds of all kinds of things <laughs> an eight-year-old probably doesn't need to know. But it's uh, you know part of being a kid in Montana, and, and uh, I'm excited about it. I see lots of friends, lots of family coming to town. Um, and I'm just, you know, it's just, like I said, a fun group. We have a group that comes up from Bozeman and hangs out um, and meets up with us. And, it's, you know, it's just, it's a fun group of people. It's it's charged. It's high energy, a lot of fun. Um, I'm just excited for it. It's going to be a great day. Greatest week of the year. And uh, the reunion part of it is one of my favorite parts of the renewal of the rivalry. Thank goodness it's back. Dylan McFarlane, our Grizz Star of the Week. Thanks for coming by, man. Appreciate you bet, it. man. Speaking of guys that have a lot of both uh, adulation and animosity within the rivalry. A guy who is both famous and infamous in the Cackers rivalry, Travis Lule, former Montana State quarterback, joins us here on Nuanas Now. Right for this, keep it here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The showdown is set for the fiercest rivalry in the West, and Western Montana will be the center of the Treasure State Football Universe this weekend. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. Bobcats and the Grizzlies each picked up one more victory to set up one of the most anticipated rivalry matchups in years. Saturday in Bozeman, freshman quarterback Tommy Mallott rushed for three touchdowns to boost Montana State to a 2013 win over Idaho as the Bobcats picked up their ninth straight win in their final regular season home game. Montana went to Flagstaff for the first time since 2016 and posted a 30-3 win over Northern Arizona. That sets up a top 10 showdown between two of the best teams in the Big Sky Conference. A win for the third-ranked Bobcats would sew up the first Big Sky title for Montana State since 2012, and a Grizz win would be number 7 Montana has nine victories and an inside track on a playoff seed. Each team has almost certainly secured a playoff spot, and even the loser will almost certainly be playing in the postseason. Montana State has won four in a row and six of the last ten, dating back to 2010, and MSU has won four of the last five rivalry games in Missoula. Finally, Western Montana will host the Class AA State Championship between Billings West and reigning champion Missoula Sentinel on Friday night, as well as the Class B Championship as Florence hosts Big Fork on Saturday. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory.
What's up? Welcome back in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, giving you all the best in state championship week coverage. It's the state championship at the biggest level of football in Montana as well. Montana State at Montana, high noon Saturday afternoon. Well, happy now for our latest edition of the Montana State Minute. It's presented by JNV Restaurant Supply, your go-to for any big gathering party, or if you're just a restaurant owner, JNV Restaurant Supply, family-owned and operated for more than 45 years. We're joined now on the Montana State Minute by Travis Lule, former Montana State quarterback. And the guy's become a good friend of mine. Travis, thanks so much for being with us, man. I know you love rehashing the memories from the rivalry. How you been? Yeah, been good. Been good. I'm uh, helping coach my daughters in basketball now, uh, staying busy, living the dream one day at a time here in Oregon. But um, happy Cat Grizz Week, Coulter. Gives you guys a bunch to talk about this week, huh? Absolutely, man. And this is the dream scenario for guys like me that cover both sides of this rivalry intensively. And it's both teams are almost almost, almost certainly uh, in the playoffs already. A lot on the line in this upcoming game. So we'll start with the here and now before we rehash some memories. I know you've been following the Cats a little bit. So what have you thought of the first year under Brent Vegan and what Montana State's been able to accomplish so far? Yeah, no, you know, obviously they've had a great season to this point. Uh, it's been kind of fun to see. Because, um, you know, there's always a little bit of concern. I think Jeff Choate had a good thing going, and there was just really good vibes around the program, and Choate brought great energy and all that stuff. So you worry about the next guy and the transition out. And obviously, uh, you know, Coach Brent Vegan's a little bit of a different personality than Jeff, and how are the players going to take to that? But, uh, you know, if the field is any indication, they've taken to it really well. So, um, you know, they've had, they've had some moments. It hasn't all been perfect. I actually think that's a good thing that bodes well for them, that it hasn't been, you know, completely easy every single week, including last week against, you know, an Idaho team I think they're better than. And then there was a, you know, game early in the year against Portland State. And so there's, you know, the Weber State win was a really gritty win in Ogden um, against a good football team. So there's been a couple of moments, uh, maybe that Weber State game and then the game uh, in Cheney a couple weeks ago where you go, okay, well, this football team, you know, they're pretty darn resilient. They got a, you know, they seem to have a pretty good, um, uh, head on their shoulders, if you will, as a team. Um, so it's been fun to watch. Obviously, this one is another huge and maybe the penultimate test of the season uh, to to date. But uh, but so far, it's been it's been fun to watch the team grow and get better. You've played a lot of football in your career throughout your time at Montana State, in the NFL, in the Canadian Football League. There's so many different types of coaches. Jeff Choate was such a good. A rah-rah type coach, an intense coach, a guy that's going to get you inspired, a guy that's going to help you lead to a comeback, or a guy that's going to you know, make you buckle down on defense and hit people. And I think it's a great style. It's a very appealing style to the people of Montana. I think that's why Choate was such a popular figure for the Bobcats. Brett Vegan's objectively so different, but I also think he has certain strengths that maybe eluded Choate. I think that his in-game decision-making is really, really good. I think that his calm demeanor and his steady hand is really good. He doesn't make irrational decisions. It seems like he trusts, I mean, even like a three-point lead, a six-point lead, he trusts his defense. He makes the, the the conservative play because he does trust his guys to make plays. And they've also done a hell of a job of putting their best players in a position to succeed. But you've played for a lot of different types of coaches. So compare and contrast. I mean, how, what are the strengths and weaknesses of each type? And what do you think of just the way that Montana State seems to have acclimated to this style after having a different style for the last couple of years? Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on with a lot of that stuff. Um 
And, yeah, it, it, you can lead in a lot of different ways, and guys do. I think it's actually just at a very surface level. It's the difference between a defensive guy and an offensive guy, right? Uh, Jeff Choate obviously being, uh, you know, being a – defensive-minded, you know, D-line coach, linebackers, defensive coordinator type of guy, and um, Coach Vegan having spent most of his time on the offensive side of the ball, you know, and coaching quarterbacks. And, and, and part of that is, um, you know, kind of the nature of the position groups. Uh, defensive guys have to have crazy energy. They just do. The best defenses play with a f- intense energy all the time, and they don't, they don't let that waver, and you need a ton of emotion to do that. I think offensively, it behooves you to be a little bit more even-keeled and level-headed. Playing quarterback, if I was, I, I mean, I could feel it myself. If I got too geeked up, I'd throw the ball into the stands and, you know, bang, bang heads with a linebacker when I didn't need to on a second down run play, you know? So uh, when I was more even-keeled is when I was playing some of my best football. So I think I think, yeah, now that that is the difference, I think ultimately you have to find a way to get the team in that room to trust you. And, you know, I was reading some comments from players early in the season. It might have been a piece you did, Coulter, but it was some of the guys just talking about how uh, Brett Vegans like – crazy attention to detail and being super meticulous so even though he steps back and observes and kind of is a little bit more hands-off maybe with different position groups than Choate you know sticking his nose in there all the time it is just a different style but if you are demonstrating that um, you know the your style is set up to give your guys a best chance to win and players start to buy into that I don't care how you're doing it um, if they believe they can win and you're um, doing everything you can to put them in position to win guys are going to play hard for you and I think that's what we've seen and to your point like you know seeing moments where he's just really trusted his team I thought you know there was a call late in the Weber game when I think they the Montana State offense was kind of struggling a little bit, and they went for it on a fourth down and didn't get it. But the defense had been so nails all day, they stepped up and got another stop like they had the rest of the day. And, I, you know, that just, to me, that says there's a, a lot of confidence in a group being able to execute both offensively. Even when you're struggling, I'm going to leave you out there to do it on a fourth down. And guess what? If it doesn't happen, defense, buckle down and do your job, and they did it. You know, so that that's a, just a tremendous team effort. takes a lot of respect, builds a lot of respect on, uh, you know, in all phases of your football team. Sure. Absolutely. Joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. He's a former Bobcat quarterback and a budding Bobcat analyst. That was great stuff right there, Travis. Let's talk some memories, though. Everybody around the rivalry certainly remembers you, and I think a lot of people that wear blue and gold remember you <laughs> better than almost anybody. A lot of people wearing maroon and silver maybe grit their teeth a little bit when they think of some of the old memories. But I want to rehash a story from before you came to Montana State. When you first were out in Oregon and you you got recruited and you committed to the to the Bobcats, tell us the story of just the way that that then affected you because it seemed like there was maybe some misperception on where you were going to go to school. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I um, I grew up in Oregon, you know, in Oregon, so my my folks were Oregon State people, and uh, you know, Oregon, Oregon State, the Civil War was a big rivalry for us growing up. So I understand like the dynamic of a rivalry. It's like, are you a duck guy or a beaver guy so I always got that and so I was actually kind of excited to learn you know there was a you know a good in-state rivalry in Montana well I committed to Montana State and the year that I committed Montana State or excuse me the University of Montana won the national championship uh like a month after I had committed to play for the Cats and 
No, I'm not thinking much of it. I'm excited about going to Montana State. But just to uh, super casual observers, right, every time it would come up and say, oh, where are, you, where are you going? Oh, you're going to college to play football? Good for you. Where are you going? I said, oh, Montana State. And they'd go, oh, didn't they just win? And I'm going, no, nope, I'm going to the rival school, not the school that just won the national championship. So it was already, like, starting to bug me a little bit. I'm like, quit talking about the Grizzlies, you know? Like, I'm a, I'm a Bobcat guy. And, and so, uh, yeah, I came out to, to Bozeman and – you know, the funny thing was, I had zero idea. You've probably heard me say this before, Colter, but I had no clue that this the streak was a thing and that was happening and that we'd lost 16 years in a row. I knew, you know, obviously recent history had shown that, you know, uh, Montana was a national championship or a national champion team and uh, the Bobcats weren't in the playoffs. I knew the very recent history, but I didn't realize that there was, you know, uh, 16 years uh, of of being on the wrong side of that rivalry. So, man, that, that uh, didn't sit well with me from the get-go because I knew. I grew up an Oregon State Beaver guy, and I saw a lot of losing football as a kid. So I knew what it was like to be, a, you know, a Bobcat fan that had watched their team, you know, not get over the hump for a number of years and, um, you know, made me all the more motivated going into those uh, rivalry games early on in my career of not wanting to be on the wrong side. Well, certainly among the first and most memorable moments of your time as a Montana State Bobcat was when the streak ended and Montana State comes to Missoula, posts a 10-7 victory, and uh, 16 years of sorrow ends for many Bobcat fans. And that was sort of the beginning of a new era because since then, this rivalry has been just accentuated in its ferocity and its competitiveness because it's been dead even. It's 9-9 since the streak ended. Montana State's had the upper hand the last several years with four wins in a row. But Travis, the time that you went to Missoula in 2002 and you knocked off the Grizzlies, that was not your first time at Washington Grizzly Stadium. So tell us the story about the first time you ever saw Washington Grizz. Sure, yeah. I was, uh, well, coming to, you know, as just a bright-eyed, soon-to-be freshman, I my family decided we were going to make a little Montana trip out of this. So the whole family came out to Bozeman and we wanted to stay for about a week, kind of explore a little bit, see Yellowstone, do a few fun things before I dove off into football camp and said goodbye to the family. Well, on our way to Bozeman, we stopped in Missoula for a lunch or something. And, you know, I'd heard about this Grizzly football program. I'm like, God, let's go. Let's, let's see if we can peek into the stadium. And so we drove uh, over to Washington Grizzly and I found a way to get to a vantage point where I could peek through the fence and see down on the field and oh, that's pretty cool you know man it would be fun it would be fun think about this place full you know I'm kind of talking to my dad and brother and mom and like man wouldn't it be fun to like come to this place and get a play and find a way to get a win here in front of all these fans you know and uh, you know it was just a sunny summer day and kind of a light-hearted thought at the time but you know at the very next time I set foot in that stadium uh, you know we have playoffs on the line um, the, I find myself in the uh, you know as a starting quarterback it's just a snowy blizzard way different from that like warm July day um, but it was it was it was kind of eerie, like, man, we were just talking about this a couple months ago, and you blinked, and here we are playing with a lot on the line, and then, you know, we found a way to win that day in just a gritty, blizzardy day, and I remember hardly believing it, frankly, until I took the last couple kneel downs. You know, we, we, you know, favorite way to finish a game in football is to turn out a couple of first downs and kneel the clock out. Victory formation is my favorite formation in football, right? And so a couple kneel downs, and I remember even looking, looking back now and seeing the clip as I kind of take that final kneel down and look at the clock and realize, like, this thing's over. We can't even fumble a snap and blow this thing. Um, you know, it, it happened. I, you know, kind of my hands are on my head, and I'm, you know, I saw, you know, some like 
parents of players and other Bobcat fans on the field and like there was like tears flying and you know whiskey flowing and all that stuff and you kind of got a sense of wow this was just kind of bigger than a game and and so that was cool and and to your point Colder it's nine and nine and nine ever since and I mean that's a healthy rivalry right like I I, I talk about this a lot we want to beat the Grizz but golly what a cool thing for the state of Montana and you both Bobcat and Grizzly fans to have this rivalry you know if you once you step away and get removed a little bit you're like man that that really is really is a special thing it's you know it's the biggest show in the state it's what side are you on you wear your colors with a lot of pride both programs do have a ton of history and so it's just cool to see it in such a such a healthy place that rivalry absolutely and i, I do think we reminded people on the show yesterday about that and i think it's re-emphasizing travis lule former montessa quarterback joining us here on nuanas now and uh there's a lot of fun that can be had here smack talking is a great thing but i think that people need to keep it healthy keep it positive because sometimes this thing gets out of control a little, little vitriol, but I think that's one thing that's worth reminding people is that the players in this game, within the scope of competition on that afternoon, you certainly want to beat your opponent, but there's not this vitriol and this hate among the players, and I know that you cross paths with a lot of former Grizz guys during your time playing professionally, and I, that's a story that's been replicated a lot of times. I know J.P. Flynn from Montana State, who played for the 49ers for a couple years, his locker was right next to Brock Coyle, former Grizz linebacker, so those guys you know, got to be friends, and this is a story that's replicated a lot, but tell us a story stories about a couple of the Grizz guys that you cross paths with at the professional ranks. Yeah, you bet. And you're right. Um, you're right about that. And and just because, you know, that you have a lot of respect for those guys doesn't mean that's any less, you know, it's not a softness, it's not weakness, you know, it's a respect thing, right? And I think when you have a healthy respect for your opponent, not only, you know, do you have that respect for them, but it makes you want to beat them more, right? Like, it's a more gratifying win when you respect those guys on the other side. So, uh, yeah, that is important. But, I mean, shoot, I uh, it is funny to get on the other side of it, and it's like, uh, it's a pretty cool, obvious connection, you know, that, that you're part of the rivalry. It's, and, you know, there obviously there's, there is the smack talk that exists, and you want your team to win. You want to be on the right side of the rivalry for at least the next year you can talk about it, right? You can't say, you can't say squat to me because we won last year. Um, and, and that kind of thing is, is real and it's fun. But, yeah, I mean, I did. I, I bumped into a lot of uh, Grizz guys along the way. I, you know, I shared a couple with you, but one kind of sticks out to me. Um, when I was in New Orleans and I had gone to NFL Europe and gotten hurt and I didn't know if my career was over or what and I got into this mini camp with the New Orleans Saints uh, after I got cleared and I got there and I, w- and I just was playing kind of free and clear you know I was like I got nothing to lose I was playing some pretty good football and one of the guys in that, in that camp with me down there was Jimmy Ferris former Grizz wideout Jimmy Ferris and he'd obviously bounced around a little bit professionally he was a few years older than me at that point in time but um, you know we developed like a little, little camp chemistry in 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 uh in this rookie minicamp and i remember hitting him on a couple balls uh you know up the sidelines and in tight seams and stuff and jimmy coming up to me and he was like my hype man i remember him talking to sean payton about me like oh this kid can really play da, 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 da. and he he specifically said to me like man if if this doesn't work out here if these guys let go you you, you got to go up to canada and ball out man i think he's like i'm telling you you're not like a starter there you're you're an mvp you're a star of that league if if, if these guys don't hang on to you they're crazy and so it was just one of those things you know like I don't know Jimmy Ferris I we didn't play against each other directly but we knew there was like a mutual respect from the cat grizz thing and uh we found a little chemistry and he gave me like a boost of confidence and that happened a few times along the way I 
Tough Harris was down there in that minicamp. Tough, tough halfway taught me how to golf because he married a Lady Grizz golfer, you know. And uh, so he had learned to golf. Uh, could keep up with his wife, and I wanted to play golf with the quarterbacks. Drew Brees and Mark Brunel and the guys would play golf all the time after practice, and I was just a hack. I couldn't go on the course with them, so who teaches me how to go- golf but uh, Grizz cornerback who I was, you know, throwing balls around the previous few years. Uh, so that was kind of a fun connection. And obviously the Dickinsons, when I get up to Canada, um, you know, Dave Dickinson was a guy that just had so much respect um, around the Canadian Football League for the way he handled himself and the way he played the game up there. Matter of fact, we had the same I was playing for the same coordinator that he finished his career with and so I would pull up old game film of of Dave Dickinson because I wanted to see how this, you know, how this 5'10 guy with the self-proclaimed slow feet and not a big arm was just wheeling and dealing in Canada and he was obviously just super smart, uh, read the field really really well. Well, you want to hear the duration of that interview? You can check out the Big Sky Breakdown. I had to cut it off just a couple minutes here because one more break will get you set for the rest of the week, the greatest week of the year here at ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio Missoula. Yo, welcome back. Nuana's now up against it. What a great show. We heard from Taco Dell or Billings West star, Bryce Carver, Hamilton High School coach, Dylan McFarland, former Grizz All-American, and Travis Lule, former Bobcat All-American. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Brooks Duana at SkylineSportsMT.com kicking things off. We also have a bunch of other great guests. It's the greatest week of the year. If you missed anything on today's show, you can find out the podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sports Bet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. See you 4 p.m. tomorrow here on ESPN Radio. Have a wonderful evening. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.